0: You're listening to the Restore OKC Q&A podcast, where we answer your questions about Christian community development and racial reconciliation. We hope you leave more empowered to radically love your neighbor and pursue justice in your own community.
1: What's going on, party people? Ernest O'Dunzi here, and I am one of the directors at Restore OKC, and as usual, I am joined by my friend my colleague miss kaylee dotson hey happy Hello. friday hey happy friday to you it's been a ripping and running type week um yes it has tons <laughs> of Tons of challenges, but also there have been tons of kingdom sightings. Mm -hmm. And uh, every week we begin with a kingdom sighting. That's just where have you seen God at work, either in your life, in your community, on your job, at school, um, while you're socially quarantined? Where have you seen God in action? And the reason we start with that, uh, so much life happens that it's easy to forget that there's a sun behind the clouds. And so we just constantly need to make a practice out of celebrating the good things that God is doing in our life. And so, Kaylee, I'll throw it over to you. What is your kingdom siding for this week? Well, that one's easy, Ernest.
2: You're listening to the sweet sound of 50 Issa Brown laying
1: so, hens. Hold, hold on, because I think I know what you're about to say. Oh. I think I know what you're about to say. You and I are gluten-free, so what you're telling me is Pie Pies now has a gluten-free chicken sandwich?
2: No. Oh. No, what I'm telling you is we finally have laying hens on Restore Farms property. This has been a long time coming. We've been building a coop for, it feels like, <laughs> four years, which is longer than we've even been here. It's just what it feels like some days. And it is officially populated with our first set of chickens this week. So super exciting to see that happening. It's a major uh, God-sized dream of a lot of folks and super fun for our interns, I think, when they return.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm super celebrating. I'm I'm so excited that we finally have chickens, even though I'm scared of packs of chickens. Mm. And as I say that, there are two other people in this room that are... Chuckling at me because I have a traumatic story with chickens and my team, even though one of our core values is teamwork, uh, they tear me down with these (laughs) memories. They tear me down with these memories continuously.
2: Tiny, Tiny
1: raptors. Although... I am being mocked. I am excited that we have chickens. Hey, can we give a round of applause for having chickens? Yeah, round of applause. <laughs> we finally have chickens. So there are extra hands in this room. Mm-hmm. We are joined by two other colleagues from Restore OKC. We are joined by Miss Ann uh, Miller. Uh, uh, Dr. oh my bad my bad that's that's like almost that's like calling a pastor and and mm, not saying mm, bishop i'm sorry we are joined by dr bishop (laughs) (laughs) ann miller is in the place how are you doing ann
3: i'm doing good not a bishop (laughs) (laughs) just Just for clarification (laughs)
1: so what is your official title around what i just heard her say is but i am a doctor she can actually say That, that. is
2: true. Sometimes
3: That's I true. claim it. Yep. Uh, I am the director of Restore Farms. All right.
1: Yeah. That sounds pretty important.
3: It really just means <laughs> that I get to sometimes clean up poop, <laughs> sling a weed <laughs> <it> around,
1: <laughs> feed the
3: fish.
1: It's great. Mm. Oh, actually, I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad you still show up every day. <laughs> and then we're also joined by Miss Vanita Newman. How are you? Doing great. How are you? (laughs) I am doing pretty good because I am indoors and not outdoors with
0: chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was there for your uh, Uh terrible, horrifying experience with 700
1: chickens and (laughs) he did not handle it well. Seven hundred, and I handled it like a boss. Like, like a, boss. a baby girl, ran boss. like a girl. Okay, that, that's enough of that. That's enough banter. Uh, let's get to this podcast. We are professionals, and Miss Bonita, uh, what is your title around these place?
0: I am the greenhouse and production manager here at Restore OKC.
1: Ooh, that sounds pretty important too. Sounds like we're we're in here with two important people.
0: It's super important. Yeah. She runs things.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anne is only cleaning up <laughs> poop and feeding fish when I'm not around. I was
2: gonna <laughs> That's say, my priority. No, uh, no,
1: I'm not seeing you do that recently. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Guys, already starting trouble. And so today we're joined by our friends and colleagues because we are going to be addressing the topic which has been posed online. And I would just summarize it with this simple uh, question. Why farm? Why even farm? Um, Isn't there plenty of places out there? I've been in an airplane and flew over nebraska and seeing all the patches of land and i know that there's a lot out there growing so why do you farm in the middle of the block restore okc that's the question for today and to answer that in the most concise brilliant way kaylee take it away (laughs)
2: oh man that's quite a setup i don't think i ever say anything concisely for sure brilliant all the time (laughs) concise never (laughs) um the honest, uh, story started when we received three greenhouse frames sort of on accident. Um, and at that point in time, we were working with our, uh, there were our two partner elementary schools in Northeast Oklahoma city and had already put uh, community gardens, really classroom garden beds in, for each of those classrooms at both of those schools. And those were going tremendously successful. And as a community development ministry, relationship drives everything that we do. So in order to continue those relationships with students, when we heard about these greenhouse frames, we briefly entertained the thought of growing with those kids as their garden knowledge and passion around farming and gardening grew, continuing those relationships through farming and gardening. And then we realized we don't know anything really about farming or gardening. And so we said, "Nah, (laughs) I don't think we want those greenhouse frames. Thanks for thinking of us. Um, and then in a long, crazy God twist of a story, um, we wound up being connected and Ernest was uh, was the first to step foot on on this piece of property. Uh, but we, we had looked for over a year um, for land that we actually could put those greenhouse frames on. And, and one of the realities we found was that there was actually no... Uh, vacant available land in northeast Oklahoma City that didn't have historic contamination from oil and gas. So there's a lot of environmental justice issues that we were exposed to just sort of in our quest to find a space for these greenhouse frames. Um, and we're still working on, on that um, aspect of just seeing restoration uh, for the for the physical land in our community beyond our five-acre little slice of heaven here. Uh, but when we found this place, it was just uh, a pretty quick answer that, that yes, if the greenhouse frames were still there, we would absolutely use them with the goal being that our students would really become the center point of changing the reality of our being a food desert community. So there are food access related diet based diseases that have been well studied that show that kids from our community will on average experience an 18 year fewer lifespan than a kid in any other neighboring community in in the city or state. So uh, we're obviously not okay with that at any level. And so we we sort of began thinking as an asset-based community development, how do we use the incredible land assets of the beautiful Northeast Oklahoma City community and really um, set our students up to be sort of the history change makers so that not only does this generation have a different story to tell, but the generations after it have one of flourishing and not of that discrepancy. So that's how in the world we got here. Uh, why farming is still something I ask myself every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself, especially when you get the keys for the tractor. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That's the one time it's perfectly clear. This is why we farm, because Kaylee needed to drive a tractor. <laughs> So beyond Kaylee driving a tractor, there were uh, just a few other reasons that we got into, in, into farming. But as Kaylee said, what we quickly realized is that we didn't have the expertise to be able to pull this off. So once upon a time, we went looking for someone who had some type of background in, 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 in agriculture that would be wild enough to jump on this scary team. And we ran into, at that time... Miss Ann Fleener, and now Miss Ann Miller, who joined uh, the team. So, give us a little background and on just where uh, one did you grow up here, and then two, uh, where did this uh, enjoyment of agriculture come from?
3: Mm. Um, so, I grew up in a little bitty town in Kentucky. Actually, it's funny. I think how God works because the things that we say we're never gonna do, that's what we do. Um, so I grew up in this teeny town in Kentucky, um, surrounded by farmland and nature, um, and always loved it, but always swore that I would move to the big city and not be around five acres anymore, which is what I grew up on. Um, and now here (laughs) I I am (laughs) on a five acre farm. It's in the middle of the city, which makes my heart happy, but getting to be with nature. Um, so grew up in Kentucky, um, actually ended up going down to Alabama for graduate school, um, and over a long course of history, um, a long course of time, sort of fell in love with plants and gardening and um, ended up studying horticulture, um, got my Ph.D. in horticulture, um, and moved here for a job at the Myriad Gardens um, to work as the director of education It was so fun. And my last six months there actually ended up studying, um, working on a certificate program in edible landscaping. So it's just so funny. I ended up actually leaving the myriad to go on to another opportunity, um, which was not this. Um, but what I ended up doing in my last six months there prepped me for this little did I know, uh, which was really cool. And, I, Kaylee and I both go to City Presbyterian Church, so we were sitting, we had a meeting scheduled to meet one day to talk about me volunteering on this new farm that was getting started that I was excited about, Um, and the day before, um, between the myriad and working here, I I worked at a, like an upstart landscaping company for a couple of months, um, which as a lot of upstart things go, um, just didn't work out. So the day before I met with Kaylee, I found out I was getting laid off and um, walked in to meet with Kaylee to tell her that um, I no longer had a job (laughs) and that maybe we could talk about something more than volunteering. Um, It was just such a God thing, um, just how much he was prepping me for.
2: Are you willing to take like an 80% pay cut that's not even certain? Which, Which is was like the offer of a lifetime.
3: So much better than no job at all. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I, don't know. I mean, most people would pay to work here. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and no one laughs. Okay. <laughs>, um, laughs. And so you jumped on the team. Yeah. Um, and at that time we already had luscious gardens grown everywhere. We had greenhouses fully built. And so you just walked into a well oiled machine, right?
3: It was gorgeous. (laughs) It was (laughs) lots of grass.
2: My favorite early memory of Anne on this property is that it was like maybe January and it had been raining. And we were trying to put up greenhouse frames and uh, there was this issue with levels, and anyway, it, it was so muddy and so cold that Anne I look outside out my little window at my desk and she has just rolled up her jeans and taken completely off all shoes and boots and is a good foot and a half deep sunk in the boots were frozen pointless. mud <laughs> And I thought it was I'm so, so much so more are good pictures
3: they were fun we took pictures of our feet afterwards (laughs) that's when you you, know you're a farmer
1: yeah so when you when you accept it did you expect also to become a construction foreman
3: no (laughs) that was my favorite part of the job so far
2: greenhouse construction
3: yep yep the memory related to that day i think actually was the pinnacle best part of being a construction foreman because we were looking to get this plastic that was only six feet wide, not an inch wider. And we realized we'd already set the um, post at that point. So we realized that we needed to go back and measure all the posts to make sure they weren't more than six feet. And of course they were. So we measured like 45 times and finally got pencils out and put them in the ground because it, it was just, it was... It was bad. It was bad. (laughs) And and that day is forever
1: known as the pencil day. The pencil day. (laughs) The pencil day. And if you are around here, you remember the pencil day. (laughs) And so even after the pencil day, we we finally got the greenhouse up, uh, (laughs) which is a long, long story. But we'll just (laughs) fast forward. Eventually, the greenhouse is nearing completion. And we are looking around like, hey. We don't have the expertise to run this thing. Like, someone should probably know something about greenhouses. Someone <laughs> should know something about greenhouses. And a conversation ensues.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I met you guys probably. On, on Chicken Day. Yeah. Like, two years. Oh, two years. So, right. so it's
1: Chicken Day now? Yeah. Um, well, The kid has other names. Okay. I think
2: you prefer to stick with Chicken Day. We can do
1: Chicken Day or Run
0: Ernest Run Day. (laughs) So we met
2: on Chicken Day. You may continue the story. Uh, Your th- wife was on video conference call. That's the Can best the Can you please continue thing. the story?
1: No interruptions. The no interruptions <laughs> okay. on set. All right.
0: Chicken day. Chicken Carry day. On, w- which happened uh, at a Edit small farm out. in Edmond, <laughs> Oklahoma, uh, where I was managing the farm and greenhouse. We uh, had 700 laying hens. We also had the aquaponics greenhouse that. We are currently using here at Restore OKC, Uh, and we did some traditional row farming as well. Um, And this crazy team came in Mm. and they were interested. You were like,
2: these people
0: are (laughs) so savvy.
2: Well, the crazy part was another
0: God thing was Anne, (laughs) because I had met her through a friend like a year before, I think. Yeah. And here she comes walking in, <laughs> and she's with this we farm know each team, other. thinking about starting a farm. And it was just, it was like you say, it's a God
1: thing. It was yeah. kind of crazy. Instant validity when ann walks in the room, but when these two came in first, well, so I kind of wondered what's on going on there. that day. <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
3: I don't know you guys, if I'll stand I with with you on chicken day. I'll just Any say other that. day? Uh.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> Fast forward.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Past that harrowing day. <laughs> harrowing people. Um, I left that farm to move to Oregon to work in a vineyard. Uh, and I was a viticulture technician for a couple of years. So out there making wine. And last November, I came home for Thanksgiving to visit. And I sent an email to Anne wondering how this crazy venture had turned out that they had started a couple of years earlier. Uh, And I asked if I could come by for a tour. And she of course said yes. And that's kind of, I don't know about you, Anne, but I entered that scenario thinking there's gonna be tons growing, it's gonna be lush (laughs) and and beautiful. They they were there two years ago when they wanted to start it. yeah <laughs> right? a couple holes in the ground okay, where you know, fish I mean, wanted I to bear
1: hey you hey, so hey. but what but was there a pencil in those holes there were no more the pencils Boom. were gone progress
3: <laughs> which is why the moment we finished the tour i offered bonita a job yes
0: the tour turned into <laughs> which and then came in
2: and said i just offered somebody a job Do I technically need to talk to you about that? I remember that. "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." Yes, (laughs) but I'm I'm all about this. (laughs) For me,
0: it was full circle. Um, The reason I got into horticulture in the first place was I was working with the Regional Food Bank of Oklahoma as an AmeriCorps Vista, and a lot of the work that I did was over on the northeast side, Mm -hmm. and I just saw all this land just vacant land where there there weren't even playgrounds it was just grass everywhere and i really started thinking why aren't they growing food over here there's such a need for fresh produce on this side of town. Why isn't anybody growing it? And at the time, I had no idea how to even do that myself. So I decided I better learn how to walk the walk before I started opening my mouth about it. So I went to OSU OKC, started taking uh, horticulture classes. Go Pokes. And, absolutely. <laughs> don't come anywhere Mm -mm. around here with Mm -mm. that sooner business. (laughs) We are ag for life around here. (laughs) L U O S
2: U everybody else go home.
0: (laughs) Um, so yeah, it, that was why I got my start was looking at Northeast OKC and seeing the potential. Um, I'm Oki born and raised, um, My grandmother used to live out in a trailer in Jones, Oklahoma. Uh, I always loved that space, even though I myself grew up in the city. Um, But this is home, and I take a lot of pride in that. So being able to not only come back home and still work in agriculture, but come back home on the east side, which is where all of my dreams kind of started for just the reason I got into agriculture
1: is just it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's powerful. So you're sitting here, which means that you accepted the job. Yes. And uh, luckily now, a lot more has happened than sticks in the ground. We actually have frames. We have a cooling fan. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fish. uh, We have towers. And the towers are growing things. Yes. We even got chickens today. So a lot has happened over the time. And so I'm going to start with you, Vanita. Just over the time that you've been here, um, what are some stories that stick out to you that would answer the question, why we do what we do? What are some stories that just remind you of why you do what you do?
0: Um. One would be just to prove that it can be done, that (laughs) urban farming is a legitimate solution to ending a a food desert. Um, And also just to remind people, so often in the uh, black community, anything agriculture related comes with really negative memories and it's often looked over as a legitimate and viable career choice. So Restore Farms could not be a better name for what we do. Um, Farming is a way to be an entrepreneur. Farmers are the original entrepreneurs, just OG. Um, It's empowering, it's powerful, I do it to show people that it can be done and that it's it's fun to do. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else right now.
1: That's amazing. And not only do you get to do those things, you also get to do it with 15 youngsters. <laughs> yes. Uh, because we started a, uh, one of the big reasons we even have the farm was because, Early in the years of Restore OKC, when we were hanging out at the library, we were running into kids, we were running into adults. We were also young, running into young adults and youth. And when we would ask them uh, if you or one of your friends were going to drop out, what would be the reason? And they wouldn't say any stereotypes. The number one request was we need to make money. And that was one of the big reasons we said yes to putting the frames up. And now they're up and we have a paid internship program. Um, What would be one story from the from the uh, interns that may inspire someone who's listening today? So, Ernest, I think that's
2: a super amazing question, and one of the things that's worth highlighting just for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with some of the dynamics that happen in our specific Northeast Oklahoma City community, and, and one of those is we are marked by a higher dropout rate. So, our, our dropout rate and graduation rate has been super low, um, and we, in asking that question, really, really kind of unearthed the why, like why does that exist? There are all kinds of stereotypes which you hinted at as to why that is true in our community, In reality, as we begin to sort of ask the question and work with those first set of youth saying, if there were an opportunity for you to make an income for your family, to be a primary household income earner without sacrificing going to school, that... And you could make a real difference in, a, in an issue that affects your community and has impacted you and learning outcomes and, and life exp- in, in a very, very tangible, practical way. And we could tie that to some of the ag institutions that are so influential in our state and have been since it began. Uh, would there be... Could, could, could we launch this thing in a, in a way that puts you on a totally different trajectory? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's really kind of how we began this whole crazy thing is, can we employ students to end their own food desert and make that higher, that higher education that often feels out of reach for those students, which is understandable, something that's scholarship as a partnership piece of how we do what we do. So they're learning as they go. So, so that's been just an incredible thing to see all of those partnerships Mm -hmm. come to the table. And, and really that dream and vision sort of coalesced because of the interns over the last two and a half years. Yeah.
1: And it even goes beyond the program. We also surround them with support. So whenever you do hit a low moment in life, you'll have a mentor that you can go to. You have a entire staff that you can reach out to and let them know that your mother's car isn't working. And we together as a team can help overcome some of those obstacles. Right. And so Benita, do you have a story that sticks out as to, um, highlighting our interns?
0: Yeah. One of our interns, he's actually going to be a senior in high school this year. He's interested in agricultural engineering. And so for him to be here working in our state-of-the-art greenhouse, he's been here long enough to really see it come from the ground up. Um, It's an aquaponic system, but there's so much innovation involved in it. He's gotten to meet the man who developed and created the greenhouse that we're using. Um, he's been able to speak with him and kind of pick his brain. But even more than that, this is a kid, when I am troubleshooting in the greenhouse, I go to him so that we can bounce ideas off of each other. Um, so he's already getting experience, real world experience. Um, and hopefully it'll just, it's an, it'll be something else to keep him on track and chasing that dream seeing that the reality of it he's already doing it and he can do so much more
1: yeah and he and i'm sure he has very few friends that can say that 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 will be able to say um i taught our senator how to plant a greenhouse tower
0: that is correct (laughs) and that is something that that he can say yes
1: yeah so it's it's a it's a full-throated program that just has so many benefits that that come with it, that um, it not only is giving the education that kids need, but it's also just, it's like hitting eject on a worldview and putting in a new tape uh, because of all the possibilities that it unlocks. And so we've highlighted our interns who are all of our heroes, um, but also we have some other heroes and that's our neighbors. Uh, the fact that we've been able to have this uh, farm in the middle of a community, number one, it causes some challenges because you can't do all the things that you could do if you were 50 miles outside of city limits. So That causes challenges, but it also creates opportunities because before you do anything, you need to speak to someone. You actually need to take your ideas and put them before the neighbors, even before you proceed. So it keeps you accountable. Um, And there are so many other reasons that we just admire our neighbors. But I would ask you, Anne, do you have um, a story of a neighbor that you would highlight? I
3: have a couple. I usually do um one of our neighbors is just amazing Miss Walters um and from the very beginning we the very first thing that we did on the farm um even before pencils went in the ground for the greenhouse we started our community garden um a year and a half ago in the fall and Miss Walters and her grandson Jaden were like the first people out in that space um teaching me about collards and (laughs) mustard greens. Um, And I was getting to introduce them to arugula, which is my favorite lettuce and became their favorite lettuce. It was awesome. Um, And it wasn't long before we realized like this was a a month maybe after getting to know Miss Walters, we realized that she was coming every night with Jaden and picking in the community garden, Um, a little for herself and Jaden, but a ton. Um, For her neighbors, so she was picking and then taking to all of the neighbors in the neighborhood that weren't able to get out, uh, maybe because they were elderly, Um, and she was taking them. Actually, for the most part, she was taking it home and cooking at first, and then she was taking them food from Mm -hmm. the garden, which was just so cool. Mm -hmm. And she still does that to this day. Um, And we're actually meeting with her um, early next week to talk about ways we can get more food to neighbors from the community garden and who needs food and. She's the gal she knows it all
2: yes. she's that 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 was the best thing we ever did because I also remember the first sort of community potluck we had a, a different neighbor pick like every green off that entire and there was pounds and pounds of greens, which it takes a lot. They cook down, but i she she probably took eight baskets of greens home and then turned them all into a variety of different meth you know there's all sorts of different recipes for greens and she just brought like eight pans to share with all the neighbors at our first potluck cookout and it was awesome
3: that was my second story Did That you she also made squash which was amazing it was the best squash dish i've ever had in my life it was So
1: if you, good. if you could see these dirty looks going across the table yeah. right now <laughs> You jerk. You be blue. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I have one story. This my boss. You said she um, actually, she, <laughs> said she said she too. had two a stories. Kaylee. Kaylee Do- Dotson. She said she had two. Tell the story. Tell it better.
2: Let's see. Reese, <laughs> you pick whoever tells it
1: better.
3: Tell it again. No. I'm not,
1: no. I don't even want to be on the tape nope. saying that nope. I nope. quit. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw my story in. So my my favorite story, one of my favorite stories comes even before the the community garden is in the ground when we're just even thinking about getting it in the ground. And we're all out there and we're thinking about all the machinery that we'll need. And and then uh, one of our neighbors, um, uh, he he he's missing some teeth. And so he kind of like mumbles, uh, mumbles words. And so he's standing there and all of a sudden it's just like. Rrr, rrr, rrr. And we're <laughs> like, what in the world? And then he just starts walking off. And next <laughs> thing you know, over the horizon, it had to be summer because, you know, it's, there's like heat waves on the asphalt um, <laughs> looking down and here's. I I, I see an object in front of of our neighbor and he's coming down the street and he's pushing a tiller. (laughs) And we're like, what in the heck? And we learned a lot about our neighbor. And and I think this is central to this discussion. Uh, When you're doing community development work, you're not doing community development if you're not learning more about your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in the middle, even if you're in the middle of the block um, and you are... uh, doing good stuff and attempting to do good stuff but centered to the good stuff isn't the neighbors um, resourcing them because they've had dreams of doing good stuff forever but just didn't have the resources and so it was fun and that was just a reminder of how much brilliance especially black brilliance are in chocolate brilliance mm-hmm. and brown brilliance um, is, are in these communities. If you would take the moment to be quiet and to come in in a posture of humility, it's incredible the treasures that you unearth. And that's just been so fun, even from the beginning. So earlier, uh, Kaylee, you and I, we did our kingdom sighting, but we didn't do a kingdom sighting for Bonita and Ann. And so to... Conclude our time. I would love for you to kind of give us a kingdom sighting where you see God at work, but not only today, but what are some things that you see God doing right now that are going to set up even future generations to flourish here in Northeast Oklahoma City?
0: My kingdom sighting is definitely just going back from the first time I set foot on this property when there weren't even towers in the greenhouse to now there are towers they're producing and kind of everything in between all of that there's been really hard days and then there have been amazing days in every step of the way there's been amazing people along for the ride and as for the future it's working with the kids you can already they are (laughs) They're coming up, they're the next generation. They're the, we call them the change makers. Um, And they're already doing it now. So to see what they're gonna do tomorrow, a year from now, five years from now, I can't wait, they're they're so inspiring. They are my future kingdom sighting for sure.
3: Mm. My kingdom sighting relates to the chickens. (laughs) So it was so fun when we got them the very first thing that happened is um, kids that live literally next door all came over. There's four of them. And two of those kids are our interns. Um, and we now have um, the pa- their parents are also on the um, community board for um, our community arm um, with Sarah. And so it's just so fun to see not only like we started knowing one kid and then we got to know three kids and now we know all of them and they were the first ones. They got to see those chickens and pet those chickens and feed them. And it's just so fun to get to know them. And they're such a special family. Um, and to see how amazing they are and how much they have to offer and also just to get to be their friends uh, is so fun. Um, so thankful that God brought them into this neighborhood. Um, And then I think for the future, I'm 100% in agreement with Vanita that it is absolutely about our interns. Um, One one of them in particular comes to mind, um, and he – it was this winter. We celebrate everybody's birthdays once a month, and he got brownies as his birthday gift. And um, one of the other interns was having a rough day, and he gave away half his brownies to this other kid. Um, and it's just so fun to watch him. Um, he's just got a great heart, um, and he has big dreams and plans for the future. Um, but last Christmas we were asking them all their, what they want to be, essentially what they want to be when they grow up. Um, and his answer was not, I want to do this amazing career. It was, um, I want to I want all of the kids in this neighborhood to know that this is a fun and safe place to come and just be a kid. Um, and he just, he's just always thinking about other people. So I'm excited, really excited to see what, what he does.
1: Yeah. There's so many, um, future you can put whatever, important Mm -hmm. title you want to we have so many future of those (laughs) um, in our internship that is it's incredible to see it emerge um, every time Uh, before we get to our resource of the week um, I'm just going to throw in a bonus uh, kingdom sighting so this morning uh, or yesterday we were able to um, begin dreaming very big for the potential of, of doing more animals, which would mean more interns, and doing a larger grocery store, which means more, uh, more jobs on the Northeast side. And there's just so many things that God is doing right now that you don't want to miss out. So one plug before we get to our resources is go to our website and join the mailing list uh, because we want you to be a part of some of these things that God is just blowing our minds with every day. So, Kaylee, what is a resource that you would recommend in this area of agriculture?
2: Yeah, it's not necessarily agriculturally related, but uh, we had the incredible pleasure earlier this year of having the Urban uh, Land Institute host a food security symposium really focused in Northeast Oklahoma city. And they brought in three just really incredible, um, researchers who have spent their lives doing all all kinds of very important work. And one of those, uh, Dr. Ashante Reese wrote a book that I think was incredibly impactful for, for me, um, called black food geographies. And it's, it's sort of a look at race and self-reliance and food access. Um, specifically she's focused in Washington DC. Um, but, that, that book is wonderful, and, and I, there's, there's a quote that stuck with me, and she said, you know, we often look at communities that are lacking food access and think that the lack is in the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the lack is what happens when racial capitalism has become the law of the land. So there is an unequal distribution of resources. Uh, so we see an absence of supermarkets or an absence of food, sustainable food options, but this is the result of a system that's been built on exploitation and inequity. So what we can't do is wind up ascribing that lack to people's physical bodies. They're not lacking information or will. They don't need us to teach them how to eat healthy or or how to grow or how to bring these things into expression. It, what we need is to lock arms with one another and understand that we have a very practical act of repentance that we need to, to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is to recognize that, that that racial capital, that unequal distribution of resources has to has to shift, has to change. We have to reinvest in one another and, and repent in word and deed in that way. So um, Ashante Reese, Black Food Geographies, pick it up, um, give it a read. I think it's well worth everyone's
1: time. And Ashanti actually was gracious enough with her time as well as the group um, to come over here and do a tour. And they actually bought some products and gave us some tips and pointers. And so for them just being so generous, Ashanti, you get snaps right now. (laughs) Derek, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to anyone listening, go buy the book. It is worth the read. All right. Well, we have talked about chickens. We've talked about interns, pencils. Um, I I think our minds are clear by now. And so, uh, without further ado, we're going to close this chapter of the Restore OKC Q&A podcast. And I'm signing out as always, as long as God's got our back, we going to be all right. Holla. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> Restore OKC is a Christian community development ministry dedicated to bridging relationships of reconciliation for restorative justice. If you want to support this podcast or learn more about Restore OKC, please visit restoreokc.org. While there, please consider partnering with us financially to alleviate suffering in marginalized communities.